0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, just... This
1: is this is the like. So what are we gonna talk about? Right,
0: go ahead.
1: So no, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're not going to try to recreate the episode all right. at all. But I am going to talk, I, I still want people, my audience, to like know about Gumbo Media and everything. I still want to talk about that and everything. But wherever the conversation goes, I have questions and stuff like that. I, like I say, I don't like to structure too much or produce it too much. Because then that leaves, like, you ended up doing answer, question, answer, question. Right. And I hate doing that. But anyway, so I have to do my introduction real quick. This is the weirdest part to do, because you got to, like, start it. But.
0: All <clears> right,
2: <throat> uh, I don't want to you. <laughs> do you want to sit back? Can you pull your mic up? I Thank you. You can twist the table
0: around, too, if it doesn't pull enough of you. There we go. There go. Oh, no. We, we got to make it up. even, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> you got it. I can sit forward, too. it make <laughs> more engaged in the conversation.
1: Okay. And then you can turn yours. You turn yours this way.
0: Damn. Okay. Nope. Alright, I'm going to figure out a solution to these tables. I'm, like, really...
2: You know, it it works whatever works
0: i all right
1: Good. Welcome to another episode of a cool thought podcast. We are back in here today. Um, it's cold as hell in Chicago. Winter has come early. Just spring and fall did not exist in 2019. Just it went from winter into a week of chilly and then just summer. And then I think we probably got a smooth three weeks of fall. And now there's legitimate snow on the ground. Um, I'm actually supposed to have a bonfire tomorrow. I don't know because I don't want to shovel to have a bonfire. But that's supposed to be happening. But what I did do is I got two of my favorite people out of the house and here onto the podcast. Um, I have Gumble Media in the building. Matthew and Courtney is here. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> um... I have them here th- today to talk about, like, their company, Gumbo Media. The uh, What's the proper business term? Is it subsidiary? Mm-hmm. What would Gumbo Fit be?
2: Gumbo Fit, just, just a program of. It's just, just, if it's it's not a legal entity onto itself yet, so it wouldn't be a, a subsidiary. But, yeah,
1: it's a right. program of Gumbo. True, true. You got it. You got it. When you're working with real-deal business people, you got to get the language (laughs) correct. You feel me? You feel me? But one of the reasons that I have them on here is because uh, um, over the summer, I got a chance to train with them for the marathon. And um, for me, I got to develop a relationship with them and really get to know these two. They are beautiful people. um, And they have a quality that I... Am really learning how to become better at, and that's called execution. I've heard them come up with ideas, say ideas, oh, I'm thinking about this, and then what, like a week or two later, there's a (laughs) fire for it. It's actually being done, Um, and I enjoy that. I really do. I really do like that, and uh, before I have them talk, I actually wrote down some things because so like in... This is our second time trying to record this episode. Yeah. It's the first time I had them come. Um, I just completely fucked up that
0: technical and difficulties. Just technical.
1: Know. Okay. Boom. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs>
0: but now we're here again. You know.
1: Right. Most definitely. <laughs> <good>. Most definitely. <laughs> and uh, but in that time, I and even kind of like based on that conversation, I quit like working nine to five jobs. Mm-hmm. I quit doing that. And, uh, and like I said on that episode, in this one, like, one of the reasons I did it was for multiple reasons. It was, like, pushing me towards that side of the fence. But one of them was watching. There's four people that I watch uh, on my day-to-day life. And that's, uh, shout-out to Mike, uh, Cortez, and then Matthew and Courtney. Like, these are four people who are living the type of lifestyle that I have been trying to get into for the last... Honestly, forever. You know, I, since I was little, like I did not want to work a regular job. I was, I wanted to be everything but a banker, doctor, lawyer. Yeah. I want to be a chef, a zoologist. At one point in time, I thought I was going to be a singer. And then I hit puberty. Um, that didn't work yeah. out.
2: Hmm? Anything creative.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> De- except for drawing. Except for drawing. I he, could never. She's
2: great at drawing. Are you? People don't it was my know. First, it was my first, like, artistic love. Word. And I forget that sometimes. Right?
1: That's cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I, it, that transitioned into like all sorts of other things, and now it's somehow transitioned into business. But, um, but that's it, that's where I started my passion. For Do you art. like paint anything as well? I could paint. Yeah, I did oil paints, acrylics. I did all sorts of stuff. That's cool. Um, and I actually started going to school for it, and it was a double major alongside art history. But then I dropped that major and just did art history, which transitioned into architecture, which transitioned into like brand and marketing which to where i am now so somehow it's just a a weird journey anyway like you were saying no no that's smooth
1: (laughs) that's That's cool because uh um no that's what i got to talk to you about painting later because i'm trying to figure out how to get my son into painting yeah my grandmother was a beautiful artist beautiful painter and everything um unfortunately she just recently passed i wasn't able to get her to pass the painting part Mm -hmm. onto my son Mm -hmm. but as far as drawing her my little brother who i wish was a tattoo artist i feel like that's his calling um and then uh now my son julius mm. beautiful artist like i would watch him in a car drawing because he can draw anywhere it doesn't you yeah,
2: shared something on uh instagram yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It, he's very tattooed. very
1: good very good but he'll he would be like looking down and his pen- pencil would be moving mm-hmm. and then he'll look up for a couple seconds go back there and he'll look up and like what are you looking at? Like, there's there's no actual model in front. It's almost like he's looking up like he could see it. Did you ever experience that? Like, where you could just, like, see what you're drawing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like to draw. I got most of my practice from, um, from, like, drawing from reality uh, because it's a great way of, like, trying to figure out, okay, how do you draw a face? Like, how do you Mm -hmm. draw figures, especially live figures that are moving? How do you figure out, you know, all that type of stuff? Um, But once I kind of got that down, um especially actually when i moved to the u.s that was around when i was eight or nine that's when i started drawing a lot of things from imagination as well i remember i did this whole like this entire like alien world and i think i called it like 2010 or something right um and it was just like aliens flying in spaceships through like a whole downtown area and i do it completely from just imagination Right, and that was the type of thing where I would just look up and because you, you do have to put yourself in a place of focus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're drawing, like your focus is on what you're drawing, um, but specifically like the line work and stuff like that. And sometimes you do need to take a break and just kind of like breathe, look up, imagine other things. So I, right. I feel that.
1: No, that's smooth. That's smooth. I, I I love that, and that's also what I love about this show. I get to go on whatever tangents that I want. But push your mic a little bit closer to you. No, not you, Courtney Matthew. Oh, okay. Bring your mic a little oh. bit closer to you. Alright, that's cool. Um that's cool? Alright, cool beings. So, as I was saying, um, execution, these I don't remember what I was saying. My point is, okay. is that I get to watch them like
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so like I'm quitting my jobs, I'm done with all of that and I'm trying to be more purposeful in the way that I'm living. Okay. Instead of uh my biggest, my biggest not necessarily excuse, but I would always tell myself and tell people I'm living a life, I'm trying to live a life of duality. Um, I like using that word because it's like, oh, I, get, I have to make a good amount of time being the man that I feel like I'm supposed to be because I have children, I have to provide for them. And so that would like represent why I'm applying to jobs that I'm probably not gonna keep after six months to a year Um, my resume is long uh and then (laughs) trying to go after passion projects that I'm hoping that could you know bleed into a career and things like that Mm -hmm. and um that's kind of why I have you guys on because I want to I want to know I know there's a mission behind Gumble Media but I also want to understand like Charlemagne used this uh, term that I kind of fell in love with uh you live in like this uh Eat what you kill kind of lifestyle you know you're entrepreneurs you're out here you're growing your business um neither one of y'all are working a job are you no Mm -hmm. no all right right okay smooth yeah so you 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 get to eat what you kill when you do the job that's when you get paid you're not just showing up anywhere for a certain amount of hours and waiting on your check at the end of every two weeks like I, Mm -hmm. i want to understand from your point of view how you're getting there how are you doing it like what's the struggles like Mm -hmm. how are you able what okay let's start off at the beginning let's start off kind of like fake at the beginning right Uh, yeah
0: like who are we
1: (laughs) right yeah let's start there let's start there introduce yourselves a little bit
0: oh um so i'm courtney phillips um and i'm co-founder of gumbo media and uh leader co-leader of gumbo fit um i don't know there's so many things in like that question but that's like i guess the topic that we're on currently yeah. so yeah creative brand consultant strategist um um art like i would say creative manager mm-hmm. as well so I, i'm like dabbling in a few things but also like trying to focus as much as possible on the things that like really uh that i actually enjoy doing that's cool that's you know? cool
2: about you yeah um, Matthew Manning co-founder of Gumbo Media alongside Courtney um, co-leader I guess you'd say of Gumbo Fit Um, and um, beyond that I'm pretty heavy in brand consulting right now Uh, mostly graphic design type work a lot of strategy um, kind of ideation work some web development um, and I think that's that's about it I mean I'm a creative at heart so Mm -hmm. love music um, and love you know Drawing or just it, architecting, whether it's literal design or architecting programs and communities. I mean, it's for me, it's all about bringing people together, whether it's creative or kind of uh, professional or some combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah,
1: that's dope because you said you was um, you went to school for architecture for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I in college, I was dating architect, and when I was dating her. I kind of, you know, you know when you, when you buy a new car mm-hmm. and now you see that car everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in her, I would realize that some of the people that I kind of like, like Rick Owens went to school for architecture, a couple other designers went to school for architecture mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, right. Virgin and so, right. Well. Yeah. Same thing, you know, and then, uh, like architecture kind of like applied arts mm-hmm. in a sense. And then once you watching her, cause I would like go to some of her classes sometimes and Uh, was really heavy on some of her projects and things like that. And I just feel like that's a really good place to learn how to really like layer a project, develop it, really apply your creativity in a, for the lack of a better term, in a fundamental way, start to finish the process. I know some creatives have a hard time with the beginning to end process, but then have like architecture gives you a place where you can kind of develop that muscle.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, I think you hit it um, pretty much on the head. I think and if there's anything for me that I learned, if there's one foundational lesson I learned in architecture and there were many, but the one I would highlight is uh, that there's uh, always visible construction and invisible construction. Hmm. Like how many construction sites do you, I mean, take it take a literal example. How many construction sites do you pass? It's, It's just a hole in the ground for like five, six years or the highway has been worked been you know, been Mm -hmm. worked on for however many years and you don't feel like there's any progress because it's super, super incremental. But what they're doing is laying a foundation. And as soon as that foundation is set, suddenly whatever you're building can be erected super fast in like a matter of weeks, a matter of months. Mm -hmm. And I think that says a lot about, you know, people want to jump to building the building, but they don't want to do the five, ten years of work it takes to build the foundation that allows those buildings to be, constructed on something that is sustainable, um, something that has weight to it, something that knows its purpose and has intention. And so I think if there's, uh, architecture for me definitely, that was a lesson I literally learned inside of my architectural firm that I worked at uh, as an intern. Um, And uh, it's, it's informed fundamentally the way that I approach business, the way that I approach any project, any creative work. It's just understanding and genuinely not just valuing but loving the like the rudimentary stages loving the early stages of what it is that you're building um, right. and that's not something i think i i think that's something i used to get fatigued by when i was younger because I, I always had my head in the clouds so i would dive into projects and then if i didn't feel like i was reaching the end goal you know within a matter of minutes or hours like i would just be like oh this is you know, yeah. forget is not- this i'm gonna I'm move on to the next thing and now it's like no i'm Everything I do is for the long haul. It's like planting seeds now that might not sprout for like twenty years, and I love that. And that was that was ultimately the lesson architecture gave me, at least.
1: That's smooth. That's smooth. I like that uh, building the foundation. So with Gumbo Media, right? I I love the name because it's uh it's unused. I feel like when um, I kind of know y'all's mission behind Gumbo Media Mm -hmm. um, already. Uh, I feel like when when we're trying to do things to kind of like push ourselves forward it's kind of like always these key phrases that we use uh, um, power something to do with uh, um, like royalty like I said on your shirt and stuff like that something like it's always community it's always these same words is being used all the time so a lot of names kind of sound the same mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like black empowerment even empowerment is an overused word I feel like when it comes to like branding whatever people are doing when it goes towards trying to push us forward in a certain place right and I like gumbo media because it's like super refreshing um I like hearing y'all explain what the gumbo part of gumbo media is for
0: yeah I mean uh gumbo media sprouted out of the just the need for expanding the narrative of black life Mm -hmm. and um I mean, that is a whole another story in and of itself, but like we founded the company with a different name and that is the other, the, mm. it used to be Royal, right. literally. And we're like, and we realized, and the intention then was like, everybody's story is worthy of being told. right? But we also realized the word was being overused mm. and the interpretation <laughs> of Royal, that word just by itself is just like, just uh, people have so many other thoughts that they already bring to that the meaning of that word. Right. Versus gumbo, it's a food. It's it comes in many different colors of roux. It has tons of ingredients within it. It's like this melting pot within inside of the American melting pot, right? And everybody's welcome to the table, and it tastes fantastic. And I don't know anyone who doesn't like it. Right. You know Most what I mean? Like, hand. so it's really just like that. It's literally just this the the meaning of blackness in a food um but also just like it's the culture it's it's also just talking about how you know how can we talk about our narrative and include the fringe culture how can we discuss the difference of black expression from la to new york to atlanta mississippi and minnesota and chicago right Right. so it's like. It's all different expressions. And then on top of that, we have black people living around the world, right? And everybody's expressing themselves differently, but they're all, they all consider themselves black, African American. You know, we use the term black very specifically with a capital B because um, there is a large, it's like a consistently growing diaspora of people directly from Africa where it's like, it's not the same. For Matthew and I to call ourselves African American versus someone who's coming straight from Ghana, right, um, right. and so there's a culture within like my my family where it's like my culture is like my grandparents growing up in Alabama, right? My grandmother living on a farm with like all six seven of her siblings, and like We're in me, Alabama? Marion, Alabama. Okay. So it's also where Coretta Scott King grew up. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> so, like, but it's like that's really what it was, like they literally the only thing they bought from the store was like wheat,
1: Word. you know what
0: I mean like it's like that, like that's and that's like and so that's that's the culture that I know of, and that's that's like black culture mm-hmm. to me um and it's like and again that's also how I tell my story, and I'm not trying to impose it on anybody else or to say that that's all of black america it's like right. that's just this is my story and what gumbo is here for is to be a platform to allow people to tell their stories the way that they want it to be told so that they can express themselves the way that they want to express themselves. Um, what is blackness to you?
1: Right. No, that's smooth. That's smooth. Cause like gumbo, I, I love it cause gumbo is, is a one pot dish and you put all your ingredients in and you're taking, like you say, every, every direction the black narrative or the black story can come from. Um, can be all put in that one pot and i like it and i i i like the direction that you guys are approaching it with i've enjoyed being a part of that and uh um i know it was one thing when y'all was telling, when you was telling us who you were neither one of y'all mentioned marathona that is fucking awesome because when i ran my first marathon listen i, t- I put that shit in my bio it's in my um, bio please with
0: the hashtag finisher
1: okay right <laughs> It's on my resume. All right. Wow. Yes, I put that on my accomplishments.
0: Mhm. It I shows that you can start train, and two miles. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Uh if y'all hearing uh any pianos in the background with that NPR feel, right. we are currently at Music Garage and for a business that is built around uh music, they have very thin walls. <laughs> very thin walls
0: <laughs> oh the vents yeah okay. oh it's the
1: vents it's the vents true okay I'm here uh, for sound though. travels yeah. right it's giving that yeah, it's giving <laughs> us that like little fake NPR vibe yeah. and stuff like that you know that honestly my I would one I don't know if y'all heard they're talking about creating a black news channel like just a, a 24-7 like CNN, but just hmm. geared towards black people. I think it's supposed to have like black anchors, black everything. Hmm. I, I don't necessarily know what black news looks like. Um,
0: who's that? What, who's, so who's, I
1: haven't, I don't remember the name of the channel, okay. but it's, it's, it's uh, just a channel. It's not like BET is doing this or anything <laughs> like that. It's just like a, a straight up channel. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to be talking about. I don't know breaking news Popeye's on 43rd still has chicken sandwiches I don't know mm-hmm. uh, but I'm curious so one of my goals is to hopefully one get on Revolt because I want to be on a black channel and then also if I could talk like this the way I talk on NPR
0: mm-hmm. oh you definitely can
1: yeah, I would love to yeah. do that because yeah. I listen to definitely
2: NPR can. yeah there's a lot um, of unique shows coming out of NPR
1: I don't hear anybody yeah. talking like me though you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't hear nobody saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't hear nobody doing that. You know, I would love to do that on NPR, like my own show. Not like guest appearance, even though
0: you remind me of Jesus and Marrow. No, nah. no. But like the way you talk, I'm not saying your topics are the same. <laughs> I'm not saying because they get a little crazy. Yeah, they wild. They but wild. they do. I mean, I would say like their trajectory of success. Yeah. I feel like has been really like you. I mean, I don't know if you follow them, yeah. but like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, they have like Range Rovers given to them as like influencer stuff, right? So, like, right. I like. I feel like if that's something that if that, I don't know what your vision is, but I feel like you could get <laughs> to that point.
1: Most definitely. So my vision right now, I feel like most of since we're talking about the black narrative, most of the black narrative, most of the conversations on what our opinion of is as a people, I feel like come from the coast. So it's kinda of like the same thing that you hear in politics. Oh, the cities on the east and west coast are control controlling the whole narrative. And um, I feel like there's so much influence that comes out of the Midwest, comes out of Chicago, that's being used by the major hubs like Atlanta, New York and uh Cali. Yeah, 100%. But meanwhile there's no person they're always in the background. And if the people killing it In a background of people who are influencing I in the background as far as media goes and then like there's nobody up front talking like there's nobody sitting on um, What's the show that Joe button left with DJ academics on there? I can't remember but it's on complex Right, you know, it's nothing like that, you know where somebody from Chicago, you know, using our lingo talking about it Growing up in a certain way Like I can almost Sometimes I feel like I've grown up in New York Because I hear the New York story So much From people living live in Brooklyn People who live in Harlem And with these the Now the Bronx And stuff like that Yeah But I don't I don't hear Ashland on the TV You know I don't hear K-Town on the TV I don't hear none of that Me and about. So you gotta
0: put us on the map
1: Dead ass, Like that's <laughs> what I wanna do And I have a My cousin He swears it's, it, it can't happen He's like Chicago Will never be put at the forefront like that but he's like he's young but he was he's been in the music business because he came in like through his dad and stuff like that um so he's been in the business entertainment industry since he was like super young so he still has that like kind of like that old industry mentality and stuff like that and Chicago was used more like a place where you would go to see if like if artists or acts were like okay before you put them in the actual like bigger markets and stuff. like that, they can call them like trap states or something. But I want to make Chicago, like, yeah, I want to make our conversation pop in. Another dude that I like is Larry is Legend. Mm. Larry I, I, I only know him by his handle mm. and stuff. He funny as hell. I hope he makes it big and get on like TV somewhere, internet show somewhere. He funny as hell. But alright. So
2: that's I mean real quick though. That's real. I mean that's that's part of why we are in Chicago for Gumbo right because everybody well people don't ask us so much anymore because i feel like chicago's become a big part of who we are in terms mm-hmm. of personality even though we're our goal is fully to be a global brand um i think chicago is always going to be at the foundation of who we are again building that foundation right uh we invested our time here because uh there's those voices aren't being shared right now those voices those stories aren't being told that personality that way of speaking and just engaging with the world Mm -hmm. it's just different here and we we love that and we appreciate that also we had everybody in the first year of gumbo really first two years ask us about why we weren't in New York or LA or San Francisco Mm -hmm. or even Atlanta Um, because that's where all the other media companies especially are Um, and that's where a lot of black media is growing as well and for us it was like well I mean, let's look at representation of Black people. If you take magazines and the way that those have come about, like that started at Johnson Publishing, Chicago. Right. Yeah. You know? Ebony. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, the Great Migration and the reason so many people are even up here, that was because the the Chicago Defender, a Chicago newspaper that's still you know run here in Chicago, Black owned, mm-hmm. was started here was circulated through the Pullman porters all across the South talking about the opportunities for jobs and stuff up North. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the reason we even have such populations of people in the North is largely because of the influence and the opportunities that Chicago put on the map, uh, as a growing city, right, you know, right, radio stations like WVON and like the other kind of black owned anchors of media. A lot of that stuff started here and has inspired a lot of what exists now around the world and is, is now just, you know, um, like omnipresent, is everywhere. And right, So it's right. like, why would we abandon? If we're in Chicago and if we're of Chicago, why would we abandon our Chicago? We're not from here originally, but why would we abandon our Chicago ties and our, our recent Chicago roots for another place? Especially if we're not focused on celebrity stories, you know. Straight um, up. If if you want to focus on celebrity stories, go to L. A. Go to New York, because that's where they that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about everyday people, what better place? To tell those stories than the people of chicago
1: yeah no nah, i love it put it perfectly perfectly, perfectly so so here in chicago you have a media company here in chicago um oh man that was because we said i kind of forgot where i was trying to go with that so y'all out here in the city y'all been here since um college right or, like, was it post-college?
2: I came, I went to DePaul, uh, DePaul University. Um, I was there 20, what was that? When was that? 20, 2009. 2009. through 2013, yeah. Right, right, right. And then I graduated, I went back to Minneapolis for two years to do architecture. Right. That's where uh, Courtney and I connected, because we had actually dated for a month in high school, uh, so it was very full circle, kind of Hollywood movie type Story right, um, and within a couple, yeah, exactly. Within a couple of years, we moved back here, um, to Chicago, uh, which was my second time living here, her first time, but it felt close to home. We'd both traveled through here a lot. I'd obviously lived here for four years, and now we've been here for what five years, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so now we've been here
0: for
1: a while.
2: So, between that and college, I've been here for almost a decade,
1: right? Most definitely. And so, what at what point did y'all decide like you're going to like do this you're going to completely completely um engage and completely commit to doing this knocking it out like at what what
0: like being the gumbo or like just being independent contractors and like not working yeah i'm sorry so out. yeah
1: nah this lifestyle like living um, this lifestyle
0: What i mean hmm. i feel like it's, it was it's been a long road to this point, and we're still working at it and we still have a long way to go. Um, I mean, I started modeling in college because I was like I told you before, like I had this like hustle my hustle in college was like, look, I don't want to get a normal job and I also just want to like come to school, do my classes and leave, and then just make some money. So I like would tutor finance and accounting students, and then I would model. All around the city stuff like that and I just like that was my thing right I didn't want to work on campus because they didn't pay anything it was just like scraps <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So it was just no incentive and so and then I continued modeling after school like I like worked at Target Corp because that's where the Target headquarters is for a little bit and I just like kind of like I hated it. I mean, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't my type of environment. That was a nine to five job. That was a nine. Yeah. And I was like, that was it. I was like, I went to school. I studied finance. I graduated target hired me like six months before I graduated. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I was like on a roll and I got there and I was like, this sucks. Like I hate (laughs) it. Like I absolutely cannot do this anymore. And so I, I quit and continued modeling didn't know what i was going to do matthew and i were dating for a few years at that point and then like we i took him on a family road trip of like mine and because my dad we always drive down to alabama like once a year like i mean obviously we don't do it anymore because like i live here but right. when we were still doing it i was like matthew you should come with me we're gonna go down to alabama i'm trying to show you like our family land yada 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 and I'm like cool so we stopped in chicago like we always do like and i stepped out of the car and i was like we need to move here i don't know what what it is (laughs) but i need to live here i don't know what's gonna happen but like you know and we moved like six months later and i just continued modeling i signed with ford so i was modeling with ford as a ford model for like three years three four years and then um could not do that anymore because honestly it's like the representation like i came in With, I was recruited by a woman, like a black woman in Ford, and she was like one of the agents. And I was like, cool, like, this is the first time I've been approached by an agency that actually has someone of color as representation. Right like and so I was like I'll definitely do this and then she moved and went to another agency and then I couldn't really put my finger on it or like at like a year and a half after like I was just like this feels really weird I don't know why it's changed but then I realized I was like all of my agents are white women and it just like they didn't understand what it was like being a woman of color modeling and have like and being on sets with like majority all white people all right, white right. men like it's just is like this energy that just was not it was like taken from me versus like f- like building yeah, me so, up right, you know yeah, and so right i was that. like i can't i need to take a break from this i might model again in the future but i just i need space mm-hmm. to breathe and reflect on that experience and so now it's like and also when i first moved here i worked at sweet manny bees that <laughs> cupcake <laughs> but yeah, yeah i literally was like i was really like hustling like i hated working there too i lived in like we lived in Lakeview for two years i was working at sweet mandy b's and i had to deal with like all these like really privileged like stay-at-home moms like asking for like a thousand cupcakes for their kids birthday party <laughs> and all these extra like specific i was like don't have the time don't care like i was just like all right i'm, I'm done like after like a year um so yeah so it's like you see what I'm saying? Like it's right. not like a, oh I did this and then oh you started gumbo and it's like we were starting gumbo in the me- middle of all of that. Right. And so and then on top of that we were building like a, a like a team of directors and then they also have their own jobs and then it's like and we're also trying to figure out what we're doing and like what's the most effective way to be in the community? How do we build this like? Uh, Uh, base this um what was it that you're the uh, foundation foundation. thank you we were building this foundation of this company trying to figure out like we knew what we wanted the building to be Mm -hmm. but we needed to make the foundation right and on top of that we're struggling and like trying to figure out what we're doing to make money and to make ends meet and all this stuff like that so it's just like we've now gone to a place where things are more comfortable we still have a long ways to go but it's just like we're here and it's amazing and i can reflect back and be like wow like so i really don't have to work at a cupcake uh like cafe anymore like i don't you know i can really just do this but it 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 took years to get here Mm, right so yeah
2: (laughs) yeah well and by the way i think you know when we talk about these things i I think it's important to note that both of us know and recognize that there's nothing wrong with holding down a job or working at a nine-to-five we just realize that for us, it wasn't the path that we wanted for ourselves. Like, there, there were other ideas and things that we, we wanted to implement in different ways. And the only way we could do that was to fully commit ourselves to this other world. I mean, I think for me, it's been a similar story in terms of being up and down. Um, but I think some part of me has always known that um, I was kind of... I was made for more kind of entrepreneurial spaces. I never had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't always have the business acumen for it. I still have a long ways to go in terms of learning what I need to learn in order to be able to navigate these spaces. Um, uh, like a long way to go, but um, I've always enjoyed building. I've always enjoyed, I mean, architecture, like right, what yeah, I realized and the, one of the reasons I left architecture, that was the only path that I was ever on. That was very targeted in terms of like one, kind of Mm -hmm. occupation that would lock me down for my lifetime right uh and i was set like i had a great entry you know and um and uh ceo as i left gave you know said some really kind words and um you know complimented me and affirmed me in ways that made me feel like okay this was this was a world that i really could have done well in Mm -hmm. and exceeded in very quickly um but i just it there was something about it that just didn't feel, um, it didn't resonate with me. I don't yeah. wanna say it wasn't purposeful enough because there are a lot of ways that you can build and design with purpose and that uh, that institution did it for sure. But for me, it, it wasn't immediate enough in terms of the right. interactions that I had with people, in terms of the conversations I got to have, in terms of diversity and inclusion work especially, and not just talk, but like the work, uh, the difficult work and the difficult conversations of making those things happen. Um, and so um, what I realized was what my passion is isn't architecture designing. It is architecture like building ideas. Right. And right, so that yeah, was yeah. when I was OK with like departing a specific job or whatever and just accepting the fact that what I really value and appreciate in, the, in, in life and in my world is being able to contribute to a whole bunch of different ideas at one time, being able to build with a whole community or a series of different communities at the same time. Um, and I also did a lot of kind of study on my skills, um, like strengths quest, stuff like that, you know, uh, Myers-Briggs tests and like all these things are like more quantitative than anything, but I do think that they help in the so sense Maya that.
1: Myers-Briggs is like the personality test. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, stuff I've like that. And I've those, done strengths,
2: yeah. uh, strengths finder as well. Strengths quest. But strengths a lot finder. of that is like good for, um,
0: like we, we, we all did that. Like he did it himself and then passed it along to the rest of our team to figure out, like, okay, so what are we all good at and how can we complement each other?
2: Yeah, and it helps Uh, affirm your values if nothing else. And so what I learned was that, uh, for example, I'd always been, I'd made myself, um, So I'm I'm just keeping a buck, I struggled a lot with mental health issues, like depression, clinical depression when I was younger, Uh, basically all of middle school, high school, which is really when I started becoming aware of it, And kind of met it at its head, and then um, the transition from high school to middle school or to college was terrible for me. Um, And then college was where I started diving into service, and that was when Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm good at building community. I'm good at activating like a program in two weeks and getting people to come out and be passionate about this thing. Maybe there's something to this. So I just started diving in, diving in, diving in. By my sophomore year of college. I was in like six or seven different community organizations and I was in on the leadership of like three or four of them. And it was just, I, I burned myself out. But the reason I did was because I was climbing, I was trying to climb my way out of a dark, emotional right, and mental right. place yeah, because of fa- familial stuff. And so I just went to the only light I could that I saw and recognized and felt in my own life, which was service, which was community, which was building projects and programs. And so that's why I dove in initially. Right. Um, what I did, what I would later come to realize, obviously I had to learn to focus on balance and like wellness, um, which, you know, is a journey I'm still f- focusing on. Um, but one thing I realized later on was doing strengths finders and stuff like that was that one of my values and one of the strengths that I actually had as a person was, um, was Achiever. Mm. And the way that they translate that qualitatively for every person individually, based on who you are and how you answer these questions. So what, that said about me was generally an achiever, somebody who likes to get stuff done. But the little distinction that it gave me that fundamentally changed the way that I see myself and the way I interact with the world was that I'm actually the most, I'm actually the happiest and most genuinely fulfilled when I am doing a lot of different things. Right. And I can commit my passion and my energy and my like words and interactions with as many cool ideas as Yo, possible
1: that that that's definitely real i cannot um the last job i had working i was working um at volkswagen mm-hmm. selling i love selling really? i love pitching i love all of that i love persuasion i love getting people involved in whatever it is that i'm doing i enjoy that aspect and i usually do really well in sales jobs but uh i would have long periods and stretches out today where i'm not doing anything which is cool, but if I don't want to do anything else, not having that option to go and do something else, oh my god, that right. that is literally the worst thing. I yep. I I need to be able, like you say, do multiple things, mm-hmm. have multiple projects, have multiple, just my break from one going to another thing. Is how I take a break from something else right. and stuff like. Even when I was doing homework, uh, the rare times where I was doing it, I would have to like have the TV on. Like right. I can't sit in a quiet room and do homework. I honestly, I can't even read silently. You know, like I can read under my breath, but I cannot read silently. I cannot. Hmm. I can't even think to myself. Honestly, <laughs> if I had to be honest with you, it's really, really hard. If I'm, if you, if you catch me one day in like really deep thought. You'll probably see my lips moving. It'll look like I'm talking to myself because it's the only way I can like kind of manage my thoughts in a way where I can like follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's.
2: I mean, we're full, we're full and complex human beings, and we're capable and worthy of doing multiple things at once. And I think I just figure out how to make money doing multiple things at And that's the one trick. Time. That's <laughs> like making money, but also keeping the balance to the point where you're not burning yourself out constantly. Because I've had plenty of those moments. Mm-hmm. Cody and I have had plenty of those moments together. She's had plenty of them individually. Like, it's just part of it. it there are a couple balances that you have to figure out in that process. But I think based on the work that we did to learn more about ourselves and about each other collectively as well, we realized uh, over the last several years that there is no other path for us except for to dive into the things that just make us happy, and that changes from month to month Man, too. And, it's, and it's, so it's, we've committed to each other so that we could uh, make each other happy in those ways have your by supporting each other. To
1: understand that lifestyle because my mom, she's a nine to five person. She happy. Happiness is getting a check every two weeks. Uh, my rent is paid. Well, uh, no, is My mortgage is paid. My car note is paid. Yeah. When you need some money, I can give it to you. Like she, when I, she, she, you can almost change, see her mood change when I say, "I got to do something." I'm happy. Like I just can't right. make money. Right. She does not. It's, I'm basically speaking Cantonese to Like. Right. How, how? Like how was that with your family? You can go ahead. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> My family's been surprisingly supportive. I would say. I mean, I would say um, they haven't always been. They they've always been supportive of my ideas, um, but they've always been very skeptical, uh, as you know, practical adults would be. Um, but I'm not a very practical person. Like I'm a, I'm I'm an idealist in many ways. Yeah. Or I'm practical in the sense that I believe what is ideal is possible. Um, the fuck does that mean? Like, for me, the 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 things that I envision, I believe are are practical to pursue. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Like, like you, I
1: like you can actually get it done. You can right. actually go in. Like, it. why
2: can't I make a life doing this stuff, right? Right. But like that's hard to convince somebody who has worked three or four jobs my entire childhood to pay the bills. You know, right. as basically a single parent for my mom um my dad was never really around so i never had those conversations with him frankly i never looked to him for approval or anything he it's it's interesting because we have almost the inverse relationship like Mm -hmm. he seeks approval through me in many ways um and so i just he was never the concern for me it was my mom that i wanted to be bought in but i i think probably stubbornly um maybe arrogantly Mm -hmm. i told my mom many times like look this is this is the only life I know how to live. Like I have to do what makes me happy. It's all I care about. And I, I credit her for, I think planting some of those seeds earlier on. Cause she struggled, uh, in Minneapolis. Um, I mean, we were well below the poverty line for, you know, for a household of four, right, uh, right. like well below and, and really, really struggled with a lot of things financially because of that, uh, in a privileged area. So I reaped a lot of the benefits of privilege through education and stuff like right, that. Right, right. But, there also was kind of the juxtaposition of like our family is a family that doesn't have what 99% of my peers have. Um, You could
1: have been like rich in the hood but said you was poor in the Exactly. (laughs) I mean I think for
0: context too just for the listeners to understand is that like you came from Sweden. I came from Sweden which is socialist. literally got like paid leave for a year after every child she had.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean she didn't have she didn't work she worked for three out of six years and got paid the entire time you know, right. by her government because that's that's how Sweden takes care of their people. Um, and a lot of places do. And it was very cutthroat here. And so my mom struggled and struggled and struggled. And I think parents have a decision to make when, right. when they're in a place like that. Um, and Or even if they're not in a place like that. But especially when they've struggled, they're very actively thinking about the lives that they want their kids to have. Yeah. And I've seen one of two decisions happen a lot of times. A lot of parents say, I want you to have a life that's better than mine. So I want you to do this, 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 make as much money as you can, you know, uh, which equates happiness with money and not with what you're doing or what actually makes you happy. Right. My mom had kind of the opposite reaction and response. She was a little bit more pragmatic with it. She wanted me to be smart about money, mm. but she always said, like, look, I've been trying. I've just been working nonstop my whole life and I'm just now trying to figure out who I am. Right. Like, take this time while you're That's, young yeah. to take risks, to figure out what you can do to, you know. And so I, I appreciate her for that because she um, I don't know that I ever sought her approval, to be honest, because mm-hmm. like I was always going to do what I was going to do. I was very stubborn in that way. I still am. Um, But I certainly was affirmed by her willingness to trust in mm-hmm. my instincts, even when my instincts were off. Right. And there were times where I had to just be like, Mom, like this is this might be a mistake, but you're going to have to let me make this mistake. Like, this is my mistake to make. I'm growing up. I know I need to figure out my life. And and she let me do that. You know, so uh, we've had some tough conversations. There've been some times where she's just like, you know, very kind of passively the way Midwesterners are like, you know, no, have you thought about just like giving up all of this to do, to do that, or nah, at least that's, doing that's, these things at the same time?
1: I cannot paint my mom with that color at all. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, it's <laughs> you know. So. Okay, so yeah. shout
0: outs to Mary because she's Mama been Manny. a great support for Matthew and I. I would say like yeah, she's, she's been a mother to me in ways that I would have never expected. Like she's just been like she is like there for us and your sisters
2: it's easier for her to be there for us now though i will say
0: no i mean like because now she's seeing what we're doing right that's true but either way like i feel like she's just she's like that mom who comes like whenever you come to her house like she'll give you like a basket of things like she still gives us like easter baskets but they're like grown easter baskets Mm -hmm. with like like artisanal soap and stuff like that (laughs) but she's great um I hope she listens to this. Oh, one. That's, she, the thing that's is, why she's she great. Cause she 1000% <laughs> you know. will listen. Right, I'm uh, sorry. I'm
1: going to cuss a little less. Go no, ahead. No, you know, don't. <laughs> oh, no, she's fine. It's fine.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, my parents, so like, so first of all, my dad raised me, my parents split up when I was three mm-hmm. for context. So like my dad has been raising me since the age of three. My mom, like she struggles with mental illness, uh, um, things like that. So like she just couldn't be there. So mm-hmm. uh my dad's like very I don't know, he's just like I I don't know. He's just of his generation, I right, guess. Right. Like I can't even be mad at him for like not understanding. You know what I mean? But he does but point is he doesn't understand and he does not approve of my lifestyle. <laughs> and in a lot of ways he doesn't approve of Matthew and I's relationship. Like it's just like right. it's really that deep and it's just like i i can talk about it now and like have this right this energy about it but it's like extremely depressing in a lot right. of ways so um it's like but i'm but i'm okay with it at this point like yeah. it's just like i've kind of made peace with it and it's like one day he'll understand um hopefully it's sooner rather than later um but yeah like he really he's just like what are you doing
2: and (laughs) it's about action too right it's not just about words i think there are a lot of people that are willing to say like i approve of this but their actions don't yeah don't actually follow up on that i love you
0: so you need to listen to what i'm saying type of stuff like it's just like yeah but it's like my dad is like he's like i was very scared of him as a child and then i grew up and now i'm yeah but well like yeah, but like, I'm he, a dad, like, my goal yeah, is, yeah, but to, like, he just like Matthew. I know for a fact, Matthew, like, he's the way Matthew and I will be parenting is going to be a lot different than the way that, like, I was grown up. I know that, but it's just like, but it's just like his, my dad's generation is like, you do what I say because I say it, you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's not how that is no, that yeah. is not constructive. <laughs> like children need to be able to learn how to express themselves. You know what so, I mean? So it's like, funny you
1: <laughs> say that, cause like oh, fuck, I'm Stephanie Gonzalez so Is that rushed. your mom? That's my mom. Okay. I try so hard not to be her. Even the way I parent. I think
2: we all try to not oh be Oh my God, it's, yeah.
1: it's crazy. I try not to be her. My mom is a yeller, all right? My mom, she's she razor sharp with her words and everything. Beautiful woman. Lovely, it's the strongest woman I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, but like very sharp with word her words, and so it's funny because, uh, for a lot of my friends, I'm the person, even like growing up all through school, I would be the person that would come talk to about issues and problems and stuff like that. I know everybody's secrets, I love being that person, <laughs> but uh, with my son, I have a really short fuse. And I know it's all parenting style from what I've grown up. The only difference between me and my mom is that my mom gets completely stressed out. Completely stressed. I don't. Like my son right now, very highly intelligent. He does have ADHD, um, but he's very highly intelligent, very highly capable and everything. But it's making a purposeful choice. Like this is his choice in life right now to completely fail school like that's he's just like hey we was talking the other day and he was like i don't see uh he used the big four letter word i i had to get him to look that up to make sure he was using it right but he was like i don't, I don't he's like i don't see no purpose in doing the work this is all a choice on why he's failing this it. was me as a child and, uh, Oh, listen.
0: i was just like why do i need to prove that i'm smart i know i'm smart right like, why, why why do i what like you want me to do what for you for why like so, what I didn't do that's
1: homework. So I, I didn't do, I didn't, I stopped doing homework in fourth grade and I didn't start doing homework until my sophomore year of college. I just didn't do homework. So my grades were like C's because I just skipped over homework. Like, no, I, I spent eight hours with you. My home is my time. My son, he's like, I'm going to school because there's people that I know there. Um, I mean, if we, you know, if we talking about some stuff in class, if it's interesting, I'm going to participate, writing stuff on paper. That's not happening. That, I'm not doing that for you. And so instead of me getting stressed out and doing my mom would do would just be completely like yelling and being mad just all the time. Like in the last like two years, I'm just like, bruh, he's only went to the next grade out of the grace of his principal. I told his principal, like, yo, like, let, let him stay back in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Let him let him chill. You know, I don't really care. And I tell him now, like, when you decide to do your work, it'll be there. When you, when you figure out that you don't actually hate school, it's gonna be there. Right. But at the same time, like, I I want to be different, but it's really hard to escape that. That, uh, that aggressiveness that my mom had with me, it's hard not to do that with my son. And so it's just like, man, good luck trying to, like, not be your parent, because I only know how to parent, like, my mom. My dad, i he wasn't, like, gone. I've seen him every freaking weekend. But there's no, like, parenting relationship between me and him. Like, cool as hell. I I, I, I still want to be like my dad. Suave-ass dude. Hmm. Like, super smooth. All, always had a quote-unquote friend and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I would watch him, like, dance with women on the dance floor. All of that. Uh, shouts he paid my... Um, there's a story in my family that he paid my kindergarten tuition with single out with like in singles take what you want from that <laughs> but he was just an all-around cool ass dude that i enjoy but i don't parent like him at all because he was not a parent right. at all you know what i'm saying so like i struggle trying to figure out how to be a dad
2: yeah
1: but i am stephanie Gonzalez i was 100 with my children and everything so like how, how are you able to, uh, I feel like I did cut you off and telling you a story about your dad. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, that was but... <laughs>
0: basically what it is. I feel like you got the gist. Right. I,
1: but I, I, I love it. I love it because it's like, you know, like they're not going to get it until you just like, until you buy your house. Or something like into some major fucking purpose, and they still not gonna get it. Then it's gonna stop like talking about it. Like my mom finally said something encouraging when I left Volkswagen. She was like, "Ian, you're thirty. You can't keep switching jobs. Cause I keep I I have jobs where I'm making some good money. Like when I'm actually going to work a nine to five job, work with the railroad, all these different places. But I quit them. And she was like, "Ian, listen. If if this is what you want to do, it wasn't." It wasn't, like, motivational. It was just, like, all right. If, Hands up. Right.
0: Done with it. Do you It's your it, life. It,
1: for it, if this is what old. you're going to do, just do it, <laughs> yeah. okay? But be serious about it and kill it and, and go. How are y'all able to, like, how are y'all able to sustain at this point? Like, where?
0: Like, with our parents? The,
1: no, no, nah, no. Nah. Forget the parents they, they don't They not gonna make a difference At this point Y'all are killing it I'm doing what I'm doing Like I'll just take the Judgmental side eye You know As long as the, I, She's not yelling at me anymore So I appreciate that But How are you guys Able to Sustain Your daily life Style You uh, Gumbo Media has um, is Has client services Right
2: Yeah So we do content We do experiences And we do services Content is like What you see on social media It's You know, sometimes we do production and stuff like that. Um, Programs. um, uh, um, Is it programs? What did I say?
0: Content services and experiences. 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 I said
2: programs. I'm like, that's not right. Uh, Words. But programs works too. Uh, Programs, experiences, those are the things that we do like Gumbo Fit, you know, where Mm -hmm. we just build space for people. You know, we have two events coming up. Um you know this this month game night uh a social all that type of stuff the services and is really what is kind of the the practical anchor for a lot of what we do though it's it's easily the most low-key in that like we don't talk about it almost right, ever because, we haven't marketed I'm it asking, at all.
1: because you're talking about experiences like these events and stuff like yeah. that and most of the most of the ones that i've seen while hanging out with you guys have been free,
2: they're almost all free. So, I'm like, that's that's intentional because we try to build community. In, how
1: are you living in a community that you live in? Yeah, it's all services, <laughs> it's all services,
2: both inside and outside of Gumbo. So, we have uh, a lot of brand consulting clients right now. I uh, just added several more this week and last week, which is a blessing. Um, and uh, and that's what we've been doing for about a year and a half. And it's just all been word of mouth, like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's we haven't really marketed, we, we've been intending to, but we've been busy doing client work. Uh, and growing other things and so it's just at some point we need to when you know we're we're planning on expanding some things and making it more of a uh, even more of a profitable thing Um, but as of now that's kind of been what has been the revenue stream for gumbo um, and for and the income for a lot of the folks that have uh, contributed or part of the income definitely not all of it Uh, so just you know getting a percentage of whatever contract you do through gumbo Uh, and that's been Something that I've kind of primarily done because of the the types of work that we've done um, through Gumbo, but uh, there've been other projects and stuff as well. And then we have we both have stuff outside of Gumbo as well, especially Courtney oc- occupies a lot of stuff outside of the Gumbo sphere uh, that are a lot of dope clients and, and different things.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean I've so currently I manage an artist, a visual artist, mm-hmm. and public speaker. Um, so she's she's really dope. She's like. I mean, she has a, a, a fairly well, I mean, it is a well-established platform already, but you know, I'm, I'm really about um, kind of just like facilitating people's ideas, helping them like create, like go from that point of idea to like actuality, you know, making it something that is tangible um, and also just really listening to people's goals and trying like really helping them figure out how to get there. Um, and so with this client, like, that's what I do. Like, I mean, she gets these opportunities across like her desk all the time. And I, and so we like talk through them and talk about the pros and cons and things like that. And it's just like, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm her consultant, but then at the same time, I'm also her friend. And then at the right. same time, like I'm out here trying to e- helping her get jobs too. So it's just like, it's all of that stuff wrapped into one. And then I also have another client, um, that I'm a brand strategist for. And in this, this client's really dope. They, she creates this a black woman she's actually a lawyer and she had created her own uh, non-toxic vegan nail polish brand
1: Okay. I didn't and know a nail, nail polish, polish remover
0: well it is and it's like highly flammable and so she even like the nail polish remover is extremely flammable so like you can't have it in places like a lot of like hotels don't like really carry it because it can start on fire and she has one that's literally non-toxic and non-flammable Definitely. and it, on top of that it like moisturizes your cuticle Word. so it's just like a great product and um, so like I'm really helping her kind of she's really got a great le- like again great platform like she's already has like this great foundation, but then it's about like, how do you expand and then, you know, like elevate all those, like, and really spread the word. Cause she's also getting into like private labeling and wholesale. So, um, I'm doing sales for that as well. So there's like, so that's the stuff that like I'm spending most of my days doing, um, things like that. So I'm really intrigued just by like the, the like behind the scenes aspect of stuff so it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the work you might not see but I'm doing a lot of work with like people and clients um, that's in on the back end and that's what keeps us busy
2: we're accountable to like yeah. a whole bunch of different folks and projects and stuff but it's stuff that we get to structure our own time we get to structure the work we want to do we can ultimately say yes or no to things yeah. right. we usually say yes um, right. <laughs> because you know obviously it, it helps us we're still at a place where we're very much growing and dependent on the work that we do And part of what we're working on now is um, taking some of the flexibility that we're starting to be able to have and using it really strategically to invest in like our future to the point where our our revenue or our income, I should say, um, isn't dependent on our time. Yeah, Mm. you know, it's Mm. it's something that is just kind of residual. And, and that takes time to build. Again, that's yeah. that that's that foundation.
0: But it's like we but I think that the time that we put into the services of Gumbo Media is just is very intentional mm-hmm. because we now have all of this experience that we can put in our portfolio. Right. And then, you know, Matthew and I now also have all the, all of this experience with clients. So we have an understanding for like what we need to like tell like our potential team in the future when like we are in more of a managerial uh, position and we're you know just like feeding these jobs to different people and like right, managing right. it from a higher level that is just like this is the client like communication we need to have this mm-hmm. is the level of organization that we need to have and it's just like it's one thing to be like yeah, obviously organization communication but it's different when you're actually doing it and you're right, just like right, what are the right, tools right. that we're actually using like if we're going to be using trello like what does it look like when we're working with someone that needs social media uh strategy versus someone who just needs like general brand strategy like is this something that we're even going to use like do we use a different platform things like that it's like it, there's just it's so intricate so That's yeah
1: i kind of so i had um first season i had uh anna wild on this shout out to anna uh she kind of she is the brand strategist right okay. and but when she was talking she stuck with that label i see y'all kind of kind of jumping in between brand strategist and consultant is there a difference other than just the words like what's the difference between a brand strategist and a consultant
0: i think consultants is like the umbrella name and like okay. within that brand strategy but i mean i don't know maybe yeah Matthew, i mean i think, think of it differently
2: i think um I haven't. I haven't really thought about the difference, to be honest. Although maybe there's. We also use the word like independent contractor. (laughs) But I think I think in terms of consulting, for me, I see consulting more as like a guiding force. Mm -hmm. Brand strategy can be as well, but it should be informed by a lot of insights. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think insights. What do you mean by insights? Like you need to at the end of the if you're going to be a strategist for somebody at the end of your whatever contract or agreement you have with that person, that business, that program, whatever it might be. There need to there needs to be some deliverable. There needs to be something that they're receiving in return. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be like a physical document or something. Mm-hmm. But they need to have grown in some way because that's ultimately what they're paying for. You know, they're okay. paying for your strategy or for your support in helping them weed through their strategy. I think consultant, to Courtney's point, to me feels like kind of the the more the of the umbrella term for something like that, where you could be a consultant in so many different things, whether it's strategically related or not. But ultimately for me, consulting isn't about, isn't as much about the insights. It's about, um, it's about the process of questioning and, and seeking answers. Mm -hmm. So everybody like, there's a lot of imposter syndrome in consulting. I've felt it. Courtney's felt it. We still do. Um, meaning that you feel like an imposter. You feel like you don't belong in that space. You feel like Mm -hmm. you're not worthy of like, who am I to be helping this, Mm -hmm. you know, multi-million dollar organization figure out their brand. Right. You know, right. like I'm just a kid in my room on a computer, like <laughs> right, right. with tea and like the cat is in my lap, and I'm like trying right. to figure this out. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> add up to me, right? Because of the way that we've been taught. So, right. You know exactly. that business isn't like you don't this should like be a asshole. white man in a suit, sitting, right. you know, with four years of forty years of experience in you know, like a corner office in you know, a skyscraper yeah. somewhere. I um,
1: was telling my homie like he uh, he um so many people come to him yeah about. Ideas and how to push their i, I their idea right. or their brand forward. And he always has amazing. I, sometimes I even you know uh, pitch things to him sometimes mm-hmm. just to like kind of organize my thoughts a little bit. I Always have really good ideas and this, that, and the third. And I was like, bro, like you know you can you can get paid to do this and right. things like that. Mm-hmm. And
2: some people are good at that, and and mm-hmm. they they need to find a way. And I think they can find a way to. It's, it's not about having all the answers. It's about knowing how to ask the right questions. Right. And then being patient and, like, guiding and communicative enough to help already guide already them to the those answers. answers. Right? Exactly. Because they know more they know about what their brand, they're in already. They know their vision. Yeah. You just need to right. help them flesh that out. But in order to do that, you need to ask. It's similar to podcasting, right? Like, people have epiphanies, I'm sure, sitting down and talking th- things out. It's the same as therapy or whatever else. Like, yeah. it's, it's another process like that, but it's more strategically minded. Got the it. goal is you want to go from here to here. The question is, how do I get from here to here? Okay, here are a whole bunch of more nuanced questions because you're th- you're asking the one big one again, jumping the foundation. You're trying right. to get from here, and all you see is a building, and you're wondering, right. what bridge do I build to walk from here all the way to that building? We're asking the questions that allow them to be like, have you thought about where you could purchase? You know, right. the, the ground crew. Have you thought Listen. about right? Like, I mean, just to yeah, no, that, to, no that's to, that's very kill important. that metaphor, but. Uh, but yeah, so that's I think that's what it is. It's for us, it's it's asking the right questions, and that's why I think I tend to lean into the language of consulting, right, um, right, because right. I consultants do that really well. Consultants mm-hmm. are professional question ask or you know uh, question askers. askers. You can yeah. say it. Question. Does, it, does that make sense? <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's kind of the way I see it. That's the way yeah. I see it.
1: Nah, that's smooth. That's smooth. I like that, man. If uh, I ain't gonna say your name, but if you listening, bro, like you. Go ahead, give it a shot, bro. Cause your ideas are <laughs> awesome, and you don't want to work either. Yeah, You're just like us, that. bro. That's like, the path for sure. Don't want a job. will not say work, cause I have no problem working 18, 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I can do it. I can whip out a com- I can whatever, you know, stand for 18 hours mm-hmm. a day if I need to. Be on my feet, moving, doing physical things. Uh, I just can't. Can't have to be somewhere. Like Sweet. the obligation. It's the commitment and obligation part is what kills me, to jobs, yeah. Yeah. but that's... It's
2: that's, one of the best ways to learn, too. Yeah, Learn by teaching, you know, learn by guiding, because... Try by fire, man. Exactly, I mean, to help other people out, you have to do all the research. You have to come in knowing, not all the answers, but at least having done all the research to be prepared to answer whatever questions they throw at you, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of, like, every client I take on, I feel like I'm growing. Every time to the point so, where I'm, I'm becoming a much more well-rounded um, person with like a whole bunch of different skill sets, which makes me excited because it's like, I feel like I could take on any project, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. No, this is deep. I like that. I like that. I hope I can kind of uh, learn some of those skills and things like that because tangible skills are, are very useful if you want to make a living. I enjoy that. I like that. Um, I, I feel like I don't. Hmm. I'm in a place right now where I'm trying to figure out what kind of tangible skills I have. I feel like I have intangible skills, um, like communication. Um, I could talk. I could, like, well, we all black in here, so we all know how to code switch. But I could do it really well. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Connecting. You know, connecting with people, breaking down, like, Everybody has barriers. Everybody, whether it's a romantic relationship, a business relationship, whatever. When you come and speak to a stranger, you have a barrier. I'm pre, I, I'm pretty confident in my ability to have people warm up to me. The question is is uh, how to take these communicational barriers, bear, these communicational like skills or enter um, uh, what's the word? Ah, what's the word? Interpersonal skills mm-hmm. and utilize them in a way that could, you know, allow me to pay my car note on time. You know, like, uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where I am. But uh, getting back to Gumbo, right? So we've gotten back into, like, we've gotten to kind of, like, what's the term used? Practicati- practicality mm-hmm. of the business, how you how you pay your bills, and how is this a, a, a company, company, a legitimized company or whatnot. But there's also a very idealistic part to the company you know like you said uh in the beginning it was it's about the narrative really us taking control i'm gonna say you guys i'm gonna say you you taking the control of pushing the black narrative or allowing us to give us a space to, um i'm trying not to jump ahead of my question because we already recorded this and Go i ahead. know your oh, answer we Go
0: we, we're gonna answer different no like the same. Answer different. no i you know i know, I mean? like I know
1: you are but like speaking to the, <laughs> the listeners in a way it's like i know the end of this <laughs> yeah i know exactly yeah. say. it's kind of like being on uh on the stand in the court when the prosecutor and the witness have practiced this back and forth already <laughs> but no so like yeah, the word that y'all use, I'm just gonna reference it. The word that y'all use was hub, like share with the listeners. Like, what?
0: You use hub. We use platform.
1: Oh, platform. I yeah. use hub. That's right. Platform. <laughs> like, how is Gumbo Media? What's the platform for? Like, what's the purpose of it? What, what is it gonna do?
2: The the platform for Gumbo is, I think there are many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultimately it's, it's to, to create space where people can feel seen, where people can feel heard and represented, where people feel like they have an opportunity to share their voice uniquely without it being shared for them, without it being kind of curated for them. Um, they can be unapologetic in who they are. They don't have to dilute who they are to present themselves in a certain way. Um, and all of that stuff changes the narrative. We're talking about expanding the narrative. Um, and so it's it's about recognizing that like all of these things are a part of our narrative and um, there are a lot of stereotypes out there and those are the things that are dominating those narratives. And so how do right. we just allow all of us to uniquely bring ourselves to that space and then find ways to amplify the energy in that space for everybody else to see it? And then how do you make a business around that where we can professionally do that for, for people and with people? Um, and so that's, I think that's, a big part of it um one thing i would say though is that um this time and last time I actually use the language of like allow i don't i don't think we see it as creating space that allows folks to do that you know yeah. i think it's it's about encouraging and welcoming people to a space um shining a light and just just like just amplifying ensuring right, that right. the capacity yeah. is there exactly uh because i don't think Courtney or I see ourselves and I'll, I mean, I'll let her speak for herself, but, but I, I at least don't see myself as any kind of like, you know, arbiter of black culture or like, I'm not the person curating what this looks like or anything like that. Like I'm, I've been on the fringes of black culture my whole life. That's a, that's a personal battle, but Mm -hmm. there, and yet there's nothing in the world besides, you know, Courtney and my family that I love more, um, than my people and who I am. And, um, and there's just something, um, there's something intangible, there's something ethereal about that, and so I think for us it's about just finding a way to capture that energy and uh and just amplify it.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting just to refer to our like our last conversation, just like about the fact that like all of us are light skin individuals, but we all have different backgrounds. Like neither of my parents are white, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew has a white mom and a black dad. Grew up in Sweden, and then you have your own story, but it's like if people were to t- just take a s- face value, then it's like they might assume they could have so many different assumptions based on what they, they know of black culture. Yep. And that it is also inclusive of black people looking at other black people. Yep. And so it's, it's, it's not just about, it's not necessarily about like educating everyone. It's It's just like, By expanding the 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 narrative, you create more empathy. By expanding the narrative, you allow people to just like realize that you can't just look at you or me and just assume that you know you know our life because of the color of our skin and the texture of our hair. You know what I mean? So, um, it's so much more deep deeper than that. And so, um, so by expanding the narrative, then it's just like, well, tell me about yourself. Like, creating the opportunity for people to just like really be like, no, this is who I am. Like, actually, like, let me speak for myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that real. blackness presents itself in so many different ways. Like, you don't, you could be a nerd and love comics and be in, and that's an equal part of what it means to be black. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's not just like the zeitgeist, like whatever popular dance is happening or, you know, if you talk a certain way or if you love certain songs on the radio or whatever, like, you know, I think there's kind of a sometimes um, black, Culture as a phrase is is like packaged in such a tight package that a lot of people who are black don't feel like they're a part of it um, right, right, or don't right. feel like they're included um, or w- at least welcomed in it. And, and that's a difficult thing, I think, for a lot of people who are already growing up feeling isolated in a lot of their communities, especially as they're navigating success in the world and all that type of stuff. And so um, that's that's part of it as well is allowing folks to just naturally be who they are and uh, allowing that to be an expression of what it means to be black.
1: Yeah, no, nah, that's smooth. That's smooth. Me and uh me and uh <laughs> Do I do I have to say DJ in front of Gemini Jones all the time? No. No? no okay. Alright, cool. Just just I gotta wanna put respect on your name. Just never DJ Gemini. That's why I DJ to Gemini. Alright, never DJ Gemini got you. Okay. I just saying DJ is like it, it feels like I'm saying Mr. or Mrs. It feels so formal when I say it. <laughs> but no, me and Gemini Jones was talking. Um was talking about that before you guys came in, uh, just Netflix and you know, Disney coming out with this, they dropped today. Shouts out to them, I can't wait. I can't wait to just watch all of my old favorite shows on Disney Plus. But um, there's like, it's awesome how our stories are getting told in a less stereotypical way. Mm-hmm um and even now like uh we were talking about how they about to drop a new selena right um but it's gonna be a, a series instead of a movie i know right that the look courtney just gave <laughs> I right no like, idea that that first of all there's only there's i almost said there's only one selena like j what like
0: ugh. right Like i mean who, but that's just me getting old there's selena
1: And then there's J-Lo. And
0: that's it. We
1: don't need a third one. There's already one, and I just, those two are tied Mm -hmm. for that one. The real Selena and J-Lo. We don't need another one. But I understand, you know, um, her story is a real, authentic, American, uh, immigrant, Hispanic, Mexican story and stuff like that. It's not necessarily that... Regular stereotype that you see about latins uh, and hispanic people on TV, right and uh, The connection I'm trying to make is the fact that Netflix is not a platform You know to use the right word like Gumble media would be because they don't know how to tell that story So they gotta go back and pull from stories that are already been used already been popularized to get the Latin community or some even some of it with the black communities to come back to uh, get on their platform, right? And what I'm gathering from Gumbo Media is because you guys are of the culture and you're not trying to dictate what the culture is, like how I feel HBO, uh, Netflix would be more trying to do with their programming, you're allowing us to be more us outside, right? You're allowing us to tell our stories. So use the word arbitrator. And um, what I took from that was, you're not deciding, you're not cutting, editing, and trimming the story to tell what you think a black man is. You're letting me, such, I'm, I almost said Jamal, me, Jamal, uh, and other black men, like come on here and tell what our stories are, cause it's so different, mm-hmm. you know? Like I watch Paid in Full and Naruto, you know what I'm saying? I, some of my friends only watch like gangster movies you know what I'm saying like only watch Martin or Fresh Prince of Bel Air and things like that you know the content that we watch that are different don't make any of us less black and we get to come to gumbo media and just talk about our stories right. in a more open way in a natural way
2: and connect to begin with right. across those differences that's like that's I mean something as simple as game night that's exactly what it's about yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, come out, put your phone down, like, let's just talk and play games. Like, whether we're playing Spades with, like, Martin a whole bunch of Nobby. different people or playing, you know, Sega Genesis or... I can't play Spades. You know, like, whatever it is. <laughs> it was so fun. And I a lot can't. of people a lot of people were learning, right? So that's also yeah, part of it. It's like, it's okay. Like, if you don't know how to play Spades, like, <laughs> that doesn't make you any less black. Like, come yeah, into does. the space and, like, be, it it be does. present. Does. It does. But you know what I mean, though? It does. Um, no, it, it, it does. Yeah, that might be more of a regional so, thing than anything.
1: Like, <laughs> No, it, is it? It didn't, really well, is it. I like mean, it's like thing?
0: I feel like there's a lot of people, even from Chicago, even from Chicago. Like we had one woman, she was there, and she's like, she's like, I, I just never was taught.
1: So here's the thing: I was taught in high school. So before I started, uh, before I how can I put this? This is my show. Before, so before I started selling weed or whatnot, I was like. Uh, no, after whatnot, yeah, after mm-hmm. I started, cause selling weed was very short lived, and everything. I realized I didn't want to live that lifestyle. Once I got saw this dude get his ass whooped so bad, oh no. my god! But another story for another time. I started playing cards in the lunchroom uh, to like buy diapers for my son. I had my son like sixteen, and so I was in high school, and so I would play spades, and then I, I was never really good, but you know sometimes I could leave you know. $10, $20 here and there, stuff like that end of the week, having I mean, a nice little change
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but once I left, once I I, I kind of fake dropped out for a little while and once I did that I never got back into playing it and now I'm like the worst partner to ever have
0: well this scene, it, game night is the opportunity to come as you are and practice
1: <laughs> no I don't think you can practice any game like you, that's scary. No,
0: you can't. Like, oh, I same mean, same the game night that safe you places, went to. Wait
1: a minute, are you telling me?
0: Th- at a table. Right, we, at a yeah, table. <laughs> like we have more than one deck of cards. Like, you okay. know, like yeah, there were
2: people that were learning, that P- and night. we literally had a learning played, session. Like, people were watching, space, asking questions. are not safe places.
0: It was a safe space. That's
1: a safe space. It
0: was, yeah, it oh, is. That's crazy. It, I
2: got,
1: I, mean, I, I got to pick back up on it. I was decent in high school, and now I, I cannot. I
0: yeah, so but bad. that's part of it. Is like as a black person sometimes you feel like you have to know how to play space and not just know be good no I literally like, like until
2: I started creating these programs with Courtney with Gumbo I didn't go to certain things because I'm like I'm not <laughs> I'm not presentable enough as a black person in this space like, I don't know how to navigate this world this world this world how am I going to I was right. raised in Sweden by a white mom <laughs> like where was I gonna learn right so we I, do this all to, the
0: time I'll be like did you watch Keenan and Kel?
2: yeah like <laughs> My my childhood was completely different. Even by the time I got here, I was in third grade, right? So, like, the things that I was learning and the things that I was seeing, I was just adjusting to the to the culture. So, really, I became kind of Americanized in, like, middle school. You know? right. So, anything before that, I have a different background. And even Amongst then, I was in a privilege. He grew up
1: watching
0: right. Moomin. There's right. A whole I, other, I grew up watching, like, a cartoon, little, like, like... You
2: know, cartoon hippopotamus. Like, I have a different... <laughs> I have a whole different worldview... Uh, not even worldview, but a, a ex- set of experiences and a lot of other people. Right, right. And I, it's been something I've been really, really insecure about my entire life Word. because I've had people. Yeah, I mean, I've had people tell me like, oh, you speak so articulately as if black people can't be articulate or, you oh, you're white. an Oreo or, oh, you're Obama or like whatever. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they narrow me to like a very singular focus of that, that to me says that their, foc- their uh, view of what blackness is is singular. Right, as opposed to complex, as opposed to infinite. I see blackness now as infinite, and right. so I don't care what how I present myself in this space. Look, I am I am proud to be a black man living mm. in this country with the background that I have. I'm proud to have earned the love that I have as a black person. True. I'm proud to have like worked and labored for that love. Right. To appreciate the love that I can have with a black woman, Ooh, like preach. who I didn't I didn't grow. I mean, I was always attracted to black women, but I never I didn't grow up grow up around a lot of black women i grew up around almost all white women right. right like i had to unlearn a lot of the toxic things that i was taught about myself about my own people and like that's that's power to me that's infinite to me and right. so that's what these spaces are about it's about being like you know it doesn't matter if you don't like yes i get like i get the jokes and stuff like it, but it, it ultimately doesn't matter if you don't know how to play spades or you don't know how to how to do this or do that like you're welcome in this space and you are a part of the black experience and your part is not just unique but invaluable to the to this broader context about what it means to be black uh because there's not a single place you can go in the world where you're not going to find somebody that's you know smooth. who who doesn't look like us that's smooth. you know like it's it's where it's it's just a brilliant beautiful uh um, can so you shoot dice thing i cannot shoot dice. you're They didn't do that on the the streets of Southwest Minneapolis.
0: See, he went to Southwest High School. I went to Patrick Henry, which is on the North Side, which is like, it's like North Side is like y'all South Side. It's not Mm -hmm. like exactly the same, but it's just reversed in Minneapolis. And so like people... Through dice all the time like and so like I grew up around like that was definitely the environment I was in but I just didn't know how to do any of it you know it. like I was I was kind of a pothead in high school <laughs> <laughs> so I just <laughs> stayed to myself and my friends nah like
1: <laughs> shooting dice that's where you can make the most money but winning you didn't you know how to shoot dice? do I know how yeah. I I nah nah no, I'm gonna tell you why. So I had my cousin teach me. So i to go to school, shoot dice, make some money. The problem is, is that if you won, nine times out of 10, you got your ass kicked afterwards. <laughs> like, I, there, it was only, I can only name one or two people who won and didn't get their ass up. I don't know what it is. Like, that's the worst sore loser game in the world. Like, if your goal is to win, but you understand what's happening after you've won. Because people are gonna keep playing, and the game, That's and that's the scary part. You never know when the game is over. Because the game isn't over until your ass got whooped. Like, <laughs>
0: nah. You gotta I, win and run.
1: Yes, I'm not here for that. I'm not here for You can't win and run because You're if, if any, you not giving a nigga a chance to win his money back? <laughs> but you weird. know what's funny? i i misstated myself because you could actually make more money i went to the v so you could actually make more money at the card tables than at shooting dice because some of them dudes they was like playing for like dubs a hand or a book or whatever or like 50 dollars and stuff like that and people walk away from those tables with no money but it was so civilized mm-hmm. it's just something about throwing dice that just made people like get crazy like girls would get beat up Dudes who get beat up, like the toughest niggas who get beat up. If you, if you want, <laughs> I don't understand that. So no, nah, but I see you on Monopoly any day.
0: Come through. never stand O'Brain, in jail. O'Brain O'Brain rolling Monopoly.
1: doubles O'Brain's every Monopoly. time, every single time. Only, but that's not a game. That game, like that's I mean, it's a long you just game. Gotta come but when you come, it starts, you come and start playing and then you got,
2: immediately. You got time. Exactly. <laughs> it's just exactly that exactly. one table in the corner that's like. Yeah. Do y'all play leaving. by uh, Do y'all play by Parker
1: Brother rules, or do y'all play?
0: I don't know. I, I feel haven't like played
2: Monopoly in a minute, to be honest. Yeah.
0: I know what you're talking about, though, because people have these, like, extra rules that, yeah. like, but I feel like it depends for every on game. what house
1: you're in. Yeah. i seen, y'all. We had our
2: own rule. We don't. You, know.
1: The one that's really tied to emotion, though, is Uno.
2: Oh, yeah. No, that's the. Have that's you still warm seen. We the literally flip have like Uno? three decks of Uno I'm, every would, nah. game night? It has two sides to the card. And that's the warm up what? every single game yeah, night. I got introduced to
0: it a few night. weeks ago. I was like, what?
2: Oh my god. <laughs> and there's new there's new yeah. there's new things now like switch hands and stuff. Like It's also, just yeah, so strange. They're yeah. taking Uno to that. like a
0: whole nine. But like level. that's that's
2: literally where you'll see, especially if you come out to Game Night, there's like three or four tables playing Uno at the same time. Um and it's it's just the perfect warm up game. It's the one that gets everybody that and, ready to uh, play. Uh,
0: that one with the blocks. Uh Jenga. 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 That's Jenga's the perfect warm up game. game.
1: Yeah, Jenga's lit. I'm with Jenga. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know, I feel like I've asked you guys everything that I wanted to ask. You've answered it perfectly. Um, we can talk about other stuff, or we can end it. That's perfectly fine with me. Uh, I've enjoyed it though. Yeah, this is I, good. Yeah, yeah I appreciate y'all coming back through, coming back out, re-recording this episode with me. Um, man, yeah, nah, nah, that's it. We'll be back anytime you want us back. Yeah, No. Nah, I'm gonna have y'all back on definitely uh i'm yeah i'm gonna definitely have you on when i have
2: uh
1: mental health i can't remember his name i always remember Lamont, but i can't remember his full name uh mm-hmm. you heard of yeah i asked you this already i think coffee hip hop mm-hmm.
2: and mental mm-hmm. health
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm gonna have him on i also don't have him on solo but i'm probably gonna have you on with that one that
0: like, should be an interesting one i
1: enjoy that i definitely enjoy that yes. cuz like i had uh i like to say that i had uh postpartum depression after I had Julius, because kind of similar to what your dad, Courtney, like, I raised him on my own. Like, his mom, she decided she didn't want to be a mom for a little while. A long time, actually. Uh, Shouts out to her, though. She's being a mom now. You know, I don't want to completely paint her with one color. But, uh, yeah, between, like, I'm going to say six months and about 11 10, 11 years, she did not want to be a mom. So I raised him myself. I... I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. Because I grew up really happy. I grew up with a really cool family and stuff like that. But it was just something after that. like Things got a little blue, got a little dark, and stuff yeah. like that. Like I ended up like leaving school for a little bit and everything. Um, I hid it for a long time and everything. I just kind of looked like I wasn't really caring about school or nothing. But... uh um, I say all that to say, like, I love how mental health for black men in particular is really getting some light mm-hmm. because uh, the idea of self care in itself sounds. I don't know how to take care of myself. Like, I don't, not, you know, I know how to hygiene, make money, and all of that. But uh, I wear myself out, you know, because I, like, I show up for other people. Like, I give a lot of my time away. You know what i'm saying but especially because my family is mostly women i give a lot of my time away and everything and uh this concept of stopping and taking care of yourself and meant like making sure you're happy and all of that like i, I want to dig into that so much so much on so many different levels and stuff because i feel like women have it down bad like pampering comes off like a feminine word
0: but i would say There's no masculinity in just it. just quickly sometimes pampering becomes a job because it's almost an expectation so like even so mm-hmm. i don't even go and get my nails done anymore like i because one most of the nail shops, particularly in Chicago, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but like my experiences have been that like, especially because I don't get like acrylic on my nails, they rush me out. Yeah. It's not a relaxing, like yeah. it's not relaxing a relaxing um, experience. It's just like oh, you're doing this because you need to get your nails done. Give me my tip. Give me my pay. Goodbye next. Right, right. Versus like it's not. It's like it's not a spa experience, you know. Yeah. And It's also like that's getting, what we be and, going and, to
1: like these Asian moms.
0: Yeah, but even just like getting your nails, it's like when you're. I would also say like self care is so much deeper than that. It's not just about. What you look like on the outside, getting your nails done and getting your hair done and getting a new pair of shoes—like mm-hmm. it's taking quiet moments. It's just like writing in your journal. It's you know what I mean, like not doing something on a Sunday like that you feel like right. you usually have to do. You know, that's like, like that's
1: easier to do. Yeah, for that's you like as a woman yeah,
0: but but I'm saying like sometimes self care and like these like external things get like paired together. But it's really like are these women actually? relaxing in these in these times. Yeah. I think and that maybe that's the conversation you guys will have like but it's like I think there's this misconception that women are doing all this self-care but really it's just like things that they feel like they need to do or that they do because it's cool for the gram but it's really not like actually good for their they're not actually taking time for their mentality.
2: Right. And, and black women are constantly showing up. Black women, I mean whether it's yeah. the polls, whether it's, you know, you know i mean this is a generalization obviously I yeah know, yeah but whether no, it's the polls whether it's families whether it's whatever like black women are generally um a rock and an anchor for so many so many parts of our world and our society especially in the states and so it's also like you know what is the weight that they're dealing with that they're not taking care of because they're taking care of everybody else uh, right. And I think that's I mean, that's something that, you know, you as a father probably know. And uh, and uh, I'm sure plenty, you know, millions of black men know that feeling as well. But uh, but I think that that is a space that, um, you know, that it's very clear women are familiar with black. A lot of black women uh, are familiar with. And uh, and so that's another thing to consider, too, in terms of, you know, um, women may may be pressured and socialized into, like, pampering themselves in um it's ways mind. a little bit more but right. in terms of depth yeah. in terms of like how are you actually taking care of your heart while you're taking care of all of these other people's hearts i think there's there's a lot that women aren't given the the privilege or don't have the luxury to do because of their expectation to show up constantly for everybody else
0: yeah and, but you but going to i think what you're alluding to is that like self care i mean Self care is not gender specific. Yeah. Like, you know, it's and it's harder like, for us to
2: embrace sometimes from a and fluid perspective. Yeah. And yeah. through marketing
0: marketing makes it seem like it's a woman's thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. that's yeah. not that's right. yeah, yeah. Like that
1: that's not Which is, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's it. it. I I I want a spa day. Like
2: I want to do, do a, stuff a like Spa like Day. Shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have y'all. What? did i see that i've been right. trying
0: to put low-key no, i've been working i like I have actually tried to put together a, a spa day for us like i've talked to actual spas have, yeah, <laughs> like she has totally and I um but i'm I forgot about that. we'll see i'm still working on it but
1: that'd be fun did you check like, uh it's a spot it's a little out of the it's not out of the way I, i'm saying that now because i don't live in that area anymore mm-hmm. but it's a i don't i hope she's, king spa? she's really good huh
0: have you been to king spa
1: Nope, I never heard that's of it. That's the
0: one that I feel like that's like it's affordable and it's just like men and women can like be there together and they have all these saunas and then you right. can also pay like extra for massages. You can sleep there if you want oh, to. Cool. They have a movie you theater. There, you can, you can get, they have Wi Fi, they have food, they have a whole cafeteria. Right. This like Korean food. It's delicious. No, that's smoke. Yeah, that's like awesome. a different world. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. I I I, I definitely want to make uh self care for men a uh, a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and skip, deep dive, deep down into it. And it might look different. You know, it might not be a spa day for some men. You yeah. know, like, uh, like seven on Sunday, right? Uh, running with uh, Aaron, Craig, and uh, Nahaj. Like, that has been my thing. Like, I grew up watching my uncle play basketball every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he would go and he would do. And uh, I just kind of, or not trying to chase that idea or that image, I kind of organically grew that with a group of men. We get up, we run at 7 a.m., we do seven miles, and then we go to Starbucks afterwards, and we just talk and things like that. We talk about whatever, women, politics, just anything. There's no pressure there. And that, honestly, has been my introduction into stopping and taking care of because most of my conversation, unless I'm out at a party, which I'm probably drinking, you know, which isn't always the most relaxing thing in the world to do, but uh, because y'all know me, if I'm at an event, I'm probably entertaining, even though this is not my house, (laughs) but (laughs) like Having that place to go and just chill and relax and like take my cape off for a minute, yeah, is the only form of self care that I'm comfortable with and intimate with at this point. And Mm -hmm. I want to know how far can I go into self care as a man, like, yeah, can I get into well, but it's also just like
0: unique to you. It's like if Mm -hmm. you don't like to journal, that's not your thing, but if you, you know, like it's really just up to you for sure
2: for sure cooking is a big one for me yeah word yeah I love you to know cook. sometimes I love
0: self-care tonight. is going to a
2: therapist you know what i mean like True. that's it's like sometimes it's not going out at all sometimes it's you know going out <laughs> i mean it, it like yeah. it really depends on where you are who you are like, not
0: overextending yourself yeah. like you know what i mean like me, I, honestly, i've had to embrace saying no to things and actually being okay with being like actually i'm not available i can't make it that's
2: exactly what. simply saying
0: saying, no i can't make it yeah (laughs) like
2: for me right now that's like that's what it's become it's like i'm so busy building this foundation that i which i love doing like i've never not loved doing it um but that self-care for me right now is like like i'm not i'm not feeling it i just i i need all i want to do right now is kick it on the couch and not do something
1: that's small i love it i love it my whole thing is being out
0: I have a call i don't mean to be that person but um i have enjoyed this immensely like seriously like i feel like this conversation i feel like this was meant to be yeah i'm really happy with this conversation that's
1: smooth that's smooth yeah no no problem we definitely wrapping up anyway uh thank you all for listening if y'all want to drop your handles and everything um your instagram or ig handles or whatever yeah that's the same thing
2: gumbo media at gumbo media Yep. Uh, for Gumbo And then mine is Matthew R. Manning On Instagram
0: And uh, follow Gumbo Fit too That's at Gumbo Fit And my personal is uh, What is my personal?
2: Courtney N. Phillips I think
0: Yes it is Courtney with a C And an e, <laughs> and <laughs> Phillips Because people be Smelling it all types of ways These
1: days <laughs> Most definitely Thank y'all for coming out To another episode Of A Cool Thought Podcast um, Season 2 man We're just getting it started It's about to Definitely be a lot more I have a good one, Peace. Peace.
2: bitch.